This is Alternative Interests. Good evening. <laughs> this is Alternative Interests. <laughs> I had to I had to mix it up a little bit. Oh my gosh, you know what? I was listening to um and I when I listen to our episodes it's like little snippets because uh I can't stand the sound of my own voice, so sorry right. for everybody else who actually listens to the full thing. But I would like to, uh, I would like to apologize to listeners for saying "um" so many times. Uh, you know, I don't, what's really funny is what? I cut so many of them out. <laughs> oh my gosh, we should start a drinking game. Like people's livers would fall out of their butts if, oh like, my God. if like people drank anytime I said "um" or "yeah." Or, I mean, I annoyed myself. So I want the listeners to know that I am going to do better. Try to do better. Yes. You know how they have like those friendship bracelets where you can like tap them and it'll glow on your side? Yeah. I need to get a, a friendship shock collar. Yeah. You so that should. While we're recording, I could just shock you every time. You, like, you don't should. say that. Or how many times I like, Go well, like is also one of them. My dad likes to point that one out too. Uh, but oh, fuck, I did it again. Um, when I I can't even talk because now I'm like conscious of my <laughs> of my ums, but oh, fuck me, I don't know, you guys. Anyways, I'm sorry, I'm gonna try to do better. I need a shock bracelet that Crystal can just tap every time I say it. We would never get anything done. We wouldn't. <laughs> I would be like, out, I'm out, I'm out. And then it would be a whole different thing. Anyways. Oh, my God. My apologies. I'll get better, you guys. I'm just a 42-year-old failure. Moving on. That's okay. I'm a failure, too. We're failing together, and that's yes, all that matters. that's all that matters. All right. So tonight, I guess it starts as a love story, so you might like this. Oh, maybe. I'm, um, I'm going to tell you the story of Lynn Turner. Sounds familiar. It should sound familiar. And okay. I'll tell you why it's familiar at the end. All right. Okay. So Lynn was born July 13th, 1968. And after she was born, her mother gave her up, which is sad. That's a really horrible way to start your life. Well, especially the way you said it. Like, just right now. She was born in 1978 and her mother gave her up. <laughs> that's, that's literally so I couldn't really find a whole lot about Lynn's background. Yeah. The one article that had it was that her sentence. birth mother gave her up shortly yeah. after. Okay. That's all we've got. But Poor Lynn. shortly after she was given up, she was actually adopted by the Womack family. When Lynn was five years old, the Womacks divorced and okay. Helen Womack, the mother, took custody of Lynn and Helen ended up remarrying to a man named D.L. Gregory. It, again, there's not a whole lot about Lynn's childhood, but she did not get along with her stepfather. And when she was a teenager, Lynn actually developed something of a substance abuse disorder, and she ended up going to an inpatient clinic for drug problems in Atlanta. I could not find what kind of clinic. I couldn't find how long she was there or what she was being treated for. I just know it was some kind of substance abuse. All right. Um, so I'm going to switch gears. And that's all I know about Lynn's upbringing. That's it. Yep. Lynn. So... 
we're going to talk about Glenn Turner in 1991 so we're skipping like 30 years here (laughs) so nothing happens and now lynn is 31 (laughs) nothing happens and then glenn is 28 (laughs) (laughs) he's not born he doesn't go to school nothing remarkable happens he just suddenly exists in the world at 28 okay um glenn's family described him as a gentle giant he was pursuing his dreams and he was a police officer. Uh, he was really lo- well loved on the force. His partner loved him. He was pretty close with his, the other officers. Uh, he was living his happiest, best life. And he would tell his family that the only thing he really needed was a good woman to share his happy life with. Okay. Which just sounds so sweet. That is sweet. He also. I can kind of identify with this, that he told people he wanted to be married by the time he turned 30. I think it was just this milestone in his head that, like, he wanted to get started on a family. Oh. So, at this time, also 1991, Lynn was 23. And she was working as a 911 dispatcher in the same county where Glenn worked. Oh, wow. She and Glenn met at a party. I don't know if this was a work function, like if it was um, something where like the dispatchers and the police and uh, the Justice Department kind of got together or if this like was a Christmas party or something. I'm not sure. I have no idea. All I know is they met at a party. OK. And immediately Lynn was smitten with Glenn and she went after him hard. Oh, uh, she got lots of expensive gifts for him like. She bought him uh, fancy cowboy boots, like these gorgeous snakeskin cowboy boots. She brought him like fancy new tires for his truck. I mean, they're they're living in Georgia. So like cowboy boots and tires for his truck. I don't know why he didn't marry her sooner. Yeah, seriously. Um, I need me some Lynn. Glenn was a little confused because Lynn... I'm going to be up front. I don't think that she was that pretty. I think she kind of has a horse oh. face. But. Oh, my God. Are you leaving that in? <laughs> that is horrible. I'm sorry. She's just. Oh, man. Crystal. Holy cow. I'm but sorry. Still, She's just not that cute. Every pot has its lid, though. Jeez. <laughs> Holy moly. I'll take it out. I just need you to know that I don't think she's that pretty. I'm going to look her up right now. Um, So Glenn's friends were confused. And Glenn was confused because Lynn was this beautiful, young, life of the party, obviously had this lavish lifestyle if she's throwing this cash around like she was. And Glenn was like, she's so far out of my league. And his friends were like, why is this woman going for, like, our friend who's, like, middle class when she obviously wants to live a larger life than this? Um, But, you know, Glenn was into her. Uh, Yeah, woof. She is. I told you. Everywhere I saw, people were like, oh, she was so gorgeous. I'm like, who are you looking at? Okay, anyways, keep going. Um. (laughs) So Glenn obviously thought he was way, but she was way out of his league, but he was smitten with her. Um, Glenn's cop friends, who, by the way, called themselves the Rat Pack. The Rat Pack were very wary of Lynn. 
Uh, they did not like the way that she flashed her money around. They said she flirted with everyone and she had this incessant need to be the center of attention. So the Rat okay. Pack didn't like her very much. Okay. Glenn's family also did not like her very much. Uh, Glenn's sister, Linda, noticed that the only thing that she and Glenn really seemed to have in common is that they both loved NASCAR. So Lynn would pay for them to go to races. Lynn also bought herself a replica of a pace car. I don't think that means anything to you, Kat. Yeah, no. Okay. It it yeah. I understand what it means because my dad what forced me mean? to watch NASCAR. So before the race starts, they have a pace car that goes in front that basically leads the pack around. Okay. Um, and they basically set the tone so that when uh when the race starts, they're not starting from a stopped position. They're already driving when the race starts. Okay. And what the pace car does is they set the pace so that no one passes in front of them. And it, it they act as the start line. But do they go off the track once the race like really gets they, going? They do. Oh, once okay. the race starts, okay. the pace car will come off the track. But the pace car is always like a nice car. It's like a Corvette or something like that. So Linda had bought herself a replica of a pace car. They actually sell them. After they're done, after they're used for the races, they make like 200 of them. I actually, uh, there are two people here in the Seattle area who own replicas of the Daytona 500 pace car. Oh, I nice. see them when I'm driving around. Yeah. So she had this nice car and Linda and the rest of Glenn's family didn't really like her very much. Uh, Lynn said, sorry, Linda said... Lynn could going go from being sweet to being hateful within seconds, which future sister-in-law, uh, you probably don't want them having that opinion of you. Uh, no. Um, so while Lynn and Glenn were dating, they're going pretty good. In 1992, Lynn actually applied to be a police officer. Um, she very easily passed the physical tests, like flying colors, really easy for her. But then it came time for her psych evaluation, and she failed. <laughs> I wonder why. So she told Glenn that it was humiliating to keep working as a dispatcher after this failure. I don't so see she, why it would be humiliating. I mean... I, I, I can kind of see why she might be embarrassed. Don't you need to pass like a psychological evaluation to be a dispatcher as well? A different kind of psych evaluation. Though. Oh, okay. It's okay. it's usually more like a personality test. Oh, okay. I tried. I failed. I feel too much. Oh, really? I tried. Yeah. How many t can you try? Is that something that you can try over and over again, or no? Um, I I can't remember. I think there's time limits, but they recommended I not try again because my evaluation came back that I am too empathetic. So, like, what was the test like? Just off. Uh, it earlier. was just a easy personality quiz. There, oh, really? there are multiple steps in it, and so uh -huh. that was the first step. And if I had made it further, I would have had more rigorous exams and oh, tests and things. Oh, okay. I get it. But the initial personality test came up that I feel too much, and they didn't think that I would be able to separate, which 100% true. If anybody listening to this has ever been around me in an emergency, um, I tend to shut down and power through. But if you're having an emergency, then I will sit here and I'll cry with you. And then I can't. Yeah. 
I'm really good to have if we're all going through an emergency together. Like, I will get us out the other side. But if you're going through something, expect me to cry. I'm a sympathy crier. So You know what's funny? I took the same test and they said I didn't feel anything. So I I was on the opposite end of the spectrum. Okay. Um, So because of this failure of hers, she started looking for jobs elsewhere. She wanted to make a little bit more money. And she started calling in sick to work, like, pretty frequently. What was she doing? She was looking for other jobs. She was calling in sick and just a combination of looking for other things and also being embarrassed to go in. Okay, I get it. Um, And around the same time that she's struggling with this, Glenn actually asked her to marry him. Oh, uh, before he asked her to marry him, he actually showed the Rat Pack the ring, and one of them, and I love this, one of them was like, are you nuts? Like, really? <laughs> Don't do that. Oh, and my goodness. He asked her anyway. Oh, that's sad that your friends react like yes. that. Wouldn't that be sad? It would. Like, you're like, I'm going to marry, or, and they're, they're like, Don't, that makes please. That should make you stop and think for a minute. True. true. And he did not stop and think for a minute, and he probably well, yeah, should have. he's a guy, yeah. Uh, little did Glenn know that at the time he proposed, Lynn had a massive amount of debt and she was facing recurring charges for overspending her credit limit and overdrawing her checking account. Oh, no. Uh, Lynn did not know how to budget. Uh, certainly sounds like she does not know how to budget. Yeah. So when they went to his family's house to announce their engagement... Glenn's mother, Kathy, said that Lynn was exceptionally cold to her. Like she I think the quote was, um, I'm I'm going to be your mother in law and you're not even saying a word to me. That's kind of sad. Yeah. And Lynn actually would work towards manipulating Glenn to alienate him from the people in his life as well. That's red flag number 552 there. Oh, yeah. Honestly. Um, So August 21st, 1993, Lynn and Glenn were married. And, you know, this doesn't surprise any of us. At the wedding, Lynn was still cold towards her mother-in-law and Glenn's whole family. And so it kind of created this uneasy tension during the wedding. And that tension just kept growing because literally a couple of days later, Glenn went to his mother and said that he needed to change his life insurance policy to name his new wife as the beneficiary. Uh Uh-oh. You know how they say the first year of marriage is the hardest? Yeah, that started on day one for them. Oh, gosh. Because when they went on their honeymoon, they went on a cruise. And... Lynn was absolutely furious because Glenn booked them on a family style cruise instead of an exclusive luxury cruise cruise. Oh my gosh. Yeah, she was not happy. So Um is Glenn colorblind? Because he's missing all these red flags. I thought of that meme, by the way. Oh, I'm he sorry. Is, I was like, <laughs> that meme of the woman with all the math equations. I think that was my face. I was like, what the fuck is she getting at? <laughs> I'm not smart. Oh, you know what? Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know what to say. 
Because here I'm over here, like, I'm knocking this one out of the park. Like, I thought it in the little brain of mine. And I'm like, here I go. This is going to be funny. And then I just get Crystal, Cricket Crystal over there. (laughs) Okay, go ahead. Okay. Um, After after they came back from their honeymoon, uh, Glenn actually started complaining to some of his close friends that Lynn was having quote-unquote female problems and she wasn't having sex with him anymore oh ouch and this is how how long into the marriage they just got home from their honeymoon oh no yeah within six months they were sleeping in separate bedrooms oh okay again glenn hello that is not normal well he was so sweet so he was really trying um i think the the feeling I got when I was reading these articles is that Glenn must have been blaming himself. Like, because remember, he thought Lynn was so far out of his league and he's probably sitting there like, I need to do something to make her like realize that I'm still good for her. Like, because he would call her like in the middle of his shift working at the police department, he would uh, they'd be hanging out doing stuff um, like just watching monitoring like they're not actively in a car chase but he would just call her like hey how are you how's your day going do you want me to bring you anything for lunch and his partner said that a few times um and it became increasingly frequent he couldn't hear the conversation but glenn would end up hanging up the phone and going why do i bother oh which is so sad because he's that is sad But, you know, I hate to say it, his friends were like, don't do it. And he still did it. So it's kind of like, all right, Glenn. Like I said, she doesn't know how to budget. So her habits aren't going to change. She continued to spend money that they did not have. Oh, gosh. She bought a Datsun Z on a credit card. And she bought a credit card. Yeah. That's insane. Right. Who does that? Lynn. She does. Yeah. Uh, and she ended up she was booking like out of town trips just for herself by the way what yeah i see i don't like okay yeah we don't like lynn uh yeah we're never gonna like lynn Lynn. i'm just i'm warning you right now yeah so glenn in a testament to how hard he wants to work to fix his marriage Lynn eventually like very shortly after the marriage she ended up quitting her job and she just never got another one Glenn, on top of working full-time as a police officer, took up a side job working at a local gas station. Oh, man. Because he wanted to make more money to support them. And, you know, eventually it just was not working. Glenn had enough. He was doing everything in his power. And it just, he was done. So by 1995, Glenn actually told his family that he was planning on moving out of their house um and he was going to file for divorce good for glenn good yeah smartest move he's made oh absolutely so he's uh making preparations and this was a a several week period of him like finally starting to make plans working on getting out and you know he's working two jobs he's going through this insanely stressful time in his life and he gets really sick uh he comes down with the flu he calls one of his friends one day and he says, I have never been so sick in my entire life. 
he was coughing. He was barely able to speak. And his friend was like, dude, you need to go to the hospital. So he ended up going to the emergency room. And that was March 2nd, 1995. So they hooked him up to some fluids. They treated him. They ended up sending him home later that night because he felt better. So they're like, okay, you're stable enough. Go home. You'll be fine. Okay. So he goes back home. And the next day, March 3rd, Lynn comes home to find him dead. Of course she does. Huh. And his death. Lynn. His death was ruled as a natural, they said either an irregular heartbeat or an enlarged heart. It was something heart related, but they said this was natural causes, which is really sad. I think he was only 31. No, he was 33 at the time he died. This sounds like uh, what's her face that we did. Stacy Caster? Killed- yeah. That's uh-huh. why it's familiar. Oh, okay. I'll tell you the connection later. Okay, okay. So Lynn, of course, because everyone hated Lynn, immediately everyone's like, look at her. What'd she do? But there was no evidence of foul play, so there was no investigation. Okay. Lynn's behavior was not helping her because at the funeral, she giggled and flirted with other police officers at the funeral. Oh, my gosh. And she was actually seen holding hands with another police officer. At the funeral. This chick is out of control. Absolutely. Oh my goodness. I'm not done yet because oh God. in the funeral procession, like the car line that goes from the funeral home to yeah. the cemetery. Yeah. While she was going in the car, she calls the insurance company to ask about his life insurance. Shut up. So she ended up receiving about $153,000 from his life insurance. Plus, $700 a month from his pension. Oh, my goodness. And those weren't red flags to anybody. I mean, there's enough red flags here for a lot of people, but that, too, no one's like, hmm. I mean, her being a, a weirdo bitch is not enough to arrest her. True. I'd so, be arrested right now. I mean, it gets it gets even worse. Um, four days after the funeral... Lynn moved out of the home and moved in with her boyfriend, Randy. Four days? She had been seeing for three years. While she was with Glenn? Man, what a... You could say it. I mean, she's a fucking bitch. Duchette canoe. Holy moly. That's French for... That's the feminine. (laughs) Yeah, um... And so when she moved out of this house, she cut off all contact with Glenn's family. I mean, yeah, you would one would have to. Yeah. So Randy was a former uh, sheriff's deputy with Forsyth County in Georgia, which was just a neighboring jurisdiction. And he was now a firefighter for that Forsyth County. Okay. So six years goes by. It's pretty quiet. Lynn and Randy buy a house together with the money from Glenn's life insurance, by the way. And can I ask, Randy, as a man, how is he even allowing that? Wouldn't you be like, this is a little weird, Lynn. We're using your dead ex-husband's or dead husband's money to buy a house. I mean, by all accounts, everybody said Lynn and Randy were truly in love. Oh, 
Okay. Like, not the way that, like, Lynn and Glenn, everyone's like, oh, what's going on here? Like, people say that when they saw Lynn and Randy, they really thought they were happy. Okay. Well, get so, it who's to stand in the way of love? Not yeah. some insurance money. No. And you can't tell me if Kyle had been married previously and he used, he got this giant payout from his uh, late wife's death that you wouldn't be like, yeah, let's use that. I mean, yeah, I'd probably say, yeah, let's use that. Yeah. <laughs> let's sit here and judge her. Oh, oh, oh okay, Crystal. Oh, my God. Like 10 minutes ago, you were talking about how ugly she was. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> so Lynn and Randy, they buy a house together. They actually went on to have a daughter and a son together. Their daughter was born 10 months after Glenn died. Hold on, let me do the math. Uh, they basically conceived <laughs> right like, around the time. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. These people. Um, however, like any relationship, they did have their issues as well. Reportedly, Randy actually gave Lynn an engagement ring that she refused to wear. She said that her hands were swollen and it didn't fit. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Lynn also, in 1997, accused Randy of punching her. Mm-hmm. And he was charged with battery. He received a $400 fine and 10 months of probation. And Randy actually twice attempted to overdose on pills. Oh. So, in 1999... Randy made the decision to end their relationship and he moved out of the home they shared together into his own apartment just for his sanity. Well, I mean, you got to do what you got to do. Right. But, you know, they have these two children together and everyone like his family said that he really hoped for a reconciliation, but he needed to get away for himself. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. Yeah. So back in Cobb County. This is where um, Lynn and Glenn were together is back in Cobb County. Glenn had a really good friend of his named Mike Archer, who was actually one of his cop buddies. And Mike had left the police force and was working at a car dealership. And rumors had kind of made their way back to Mike about Lynn being in a relationship and having kids and... Oh, you know, I mean, small communities, the rumors fly. Yeah. And so one day Mike gets a request and I don't know exactly who this request was from, but he got a request at the car dealership for someone to borrow one of their vehicles for a funeral for a man named Randy Thompson. And this was a familiar name to Mike because he knew that Randy Thompson was the man that Lynn had gone and moved in with after Glenn had died. Yeah. Was he dead? January 19th, 2001. Randy had not been living with Lynn for a a little, I think it's a little over a year at that point. And that night he had actually planned to go out with his friends, but Lynn had called him and said, you know, can we get together? Can we have dinner? Can we talk? And... Randy, still hopeful for a reconciliation, right? So he cancels his plans with his friends and says, yes, absolutely. Let's go out. 
So they go out to dinner together. They have a nice evening. They go back to the house together. So the house that Lynn is still in. And that night he becomes so sick that he had to be hospitalized. He came down with a violent stomach flu. And it was just constant, like a really bad stomach ache and constant vomiting. So he goes to the emergency room. Sounds familiar. It does. So they treated him and he actually ended up staying in the hospital for two days. Oh. And so they sent him home on January 21st. And Lynn offered to help nurse him back to health. So she was giving of him. Of course. I mean, after a stomach flu, your your stomach can't take much. So she's kind of giving him broth and jello, just really simple things. Is the jello green? I don't know. They never said what mm. color. Okay. Interesting. Um, so January 22nd, the day after Randy was sent home, he was found dead in his apartment. What? And his his death was ruled as natural causes. Likely from an irregular heartbeat or an enlarged heart. Weird. No one saw that coming. Yeah. So Mike, back at his car dealership, hears these details and he is immediately suspicious. So he calls the police and says, hey, so my friend Glenn died a few years ago. And this is what they said happened. Now his wife goes and has a relationship with this other guy. He just came up dead. Exact same thing. Can you please take a look? And the police go, I'm sorry, but no. Like You disliking his wife is not enough for us to look into this. So, of course, Glenn's mother, Kathy, is distraught. She's like, what do we do? Yeah. So she gets smart. She finds the obituary for Randy, mm -hmm. which names the funeral home. And so she contacts the funeral home. She writes them a letter and they forward it to Randy's mother so okay. that they can try and get in contact. It takes four months for Randy's mother to respond, but she responds and they start corresponding. They start comparing notes. That's when they realize that Lynn had been seeing Randy for almost the entire marriage. Okay. I bet they were pissed. Oh, everybody's pissed at this point. Yeah. Yeah. And so the two of them together are like, we need to do something about this. The Rat Pack gets involved with both families and they make enough noise that they got the attention of a reporter for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. And her name was Jane Hansen. Okay. Jane Hansen wrote a series and published it talking about the similarities of the deaths of these two men. Good for her. And that made enough noise that authorities were like, ah, let, let's look into this a little bit. Good. So by May 2001, they were able to exhume Randy's body and have it reexamined. The medical examiner took a second look at some tissue samples from his kidneys and liver, and they found oxalate crystals that should not have been there. Interesting. I know what those are. Yep. And uh, those crystals mean that, obviously, antifreeze. someone was sipping on antifreeze. Yeah. I don't think Randy was doing that on purpose. People were figuring, okay, the motive has to be money here. Yeah. So you kind of asked this question already about the mm -hmm. engagement ring. Why did Lynn not wear Randy's engagement ring? Yeah. Well, 
if Lynn got remarried, she no longer would receive the pension. Oh. And that's $700 a month. That's easy money. Jeez, this lady. So she had convinced Randy fairly early on. It was like very shortly after she moved in with him to one, name her as the beneficiary on his life insurance and two, double it from $100,000 to $200,000 of coverage. And Randy did it. Of course. Why do how is she so convincing? She's a pretty lady, apparently. I don't know. No, she's not. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. As Lynn is wont to do when she is driving away from the funeral home after Randy's funeral, she Uh calls the insurance company to ask about the insurance policy because she just can't wait. Of course. And the insurance agent informs her that Randy had not paid in several months and the policy had lapsed. So she's pissed. So there was no payout for Lynn. Good. Good. I bet she was pissed. Um, somehow she did end up still collecting about $36,000. I'm not really sure what that was. I don't know if it was like a secondary policy or what. Yeah. Definitely not 200000 that she was expecting, right? Good. So meanwhile, the police have opened an investigation into Glenn's death now. And they performed blood tests and tissue samples, and they confirmed ethylene glycol and oxalate crystals in his system. Good. Boom. What's funny, and I tried to find these crime scene photos, and I can't find them, and I wish I could. But there were crime scene photos that were taken from Glenn's death because he was found dead in his home alone, and they couldn't really tell what was going on. So they did take some photos. In one of the photos of the garage, you can see the antifreeze bottle. Um, do you remember in the Stacy Caster one how the antifreeze was just like the bottle of antifreeze was just under the bed? Yeah. 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 So the, all this stuff, like if they had actually paid attention. They would have figured it out. Yeah. Uh, so 10 months after Randy died, Lynn was arrested for Glenn's murder. Hallelujah. Yep. In the trial, it came out that Lynn... <laughs> had visited an animal shelter and asked them about how to put down stray animals and what poison to use on stray animals. They actually got a vet tech to come in and the vet tech testified that Lynn specifically asked if antifreeze would, quote, kill cats the same way it would kill dogs. Oh, my goodness. Which is not a sketchy question at all. No. uh, Not at all. She might as well have said, will it kill cats the same way it kills humans? (laughs) Will it kill my husband the same way it'll kill my next husband? Yeah. So interestingly enough, and I don't know why no one brought this up because I feel like, okay, as the police, I can totally see why they were like, just because you hate his wife doesn't mean we can investigate her. Sure. Put yourself in their shoes. You're the police officer, right? Yeah. And I go, hey, my loved one just died and uh, his wife looks real sketchy to me. Yeah. And you tell me, just because you don't like her does not mean I can investigate her, okay? And I go, okay, so 10 days ago, uh, Glenn actually told me that if he dies, we should look at his wife for it. Oh. You would probably want to investigate, right? Yeah, well, of course. 
that came out during the trial. I don't know why no one acted on this. Why didn't anyone act on that? Especially given everything else that had happened. Right. And apparently, apparently Glenn had actually told his friend this because Lynn had threatened to shoot him with his service weapon. And no one's doing anything about any of this? No, it took years. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So May 24th, 2004, she was convicted of malice murder and sentenced to life in prison. Good. In 2007, just a repeat, she went on trial for Randy's murder and was also convicted of his murder. Oh, do they just pile on a sentence onto another sentence? Yes, because if one of them gets overturned, because she did try and appeal both of them. If one of them gets overturned, she still has to serve the other one. Oh, okay. So it's nice to have both of them there. Yeah, 100%. She actually faced the death penalty for Randy's murder, but the jury gave her life without parole. Oh. So there have been several TV shows featuring Lynn and... Her crimes, she's known as like a one of the Black Widow killers, and uh, there, Stacy. There, I mean, there's been several shows about her. There was a Forensic Files, Snapped, Deadly Women, all the really big ones. Uh huh. So that is probably why this sounds really familiar to you, yeah. not just because this is exactly what happened with Stacy Castor, but yeah. Stacy Castor. When she was being interviewed by police, uh huh, she told the police that she and David had watched a news story about Lynn Turner killing her husband with antifreeze, oh and my that's goodness. where David got the idea to kill himself with antifreeze. Oh my gosh, she manipulated that using somebody else that did the same thing she's did. Yes. She did. So in reality, you know, she saw it and went, huh. She could yeah. get away with it, but I could get yeah, away with it. Yeah, I know, but I could get away with it. <laughs> I think that's where, at the beginning, when you said this sounded familiar, you probably saw Lynn Turner's name pop up I think so. when you were uh, researching Stacey Castor. I think so. I think I, I may have mentioned it in the episode. I don't know. I can't remember if you did or didn't. Yeah, I don't know. But Lynn died in prison on August 30th, 2010. Uh, she overdosed herself on her blood oh. pressure medication. Oh, so was she like hoarding it and then took it all at once? I, I think assume? so. I okay. don't understand how that even happens. Yeah, they make I don't you either. like lift up your tongue and open your mouth. And I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Um, huh. She was actually in the middle of appealing both of her trials at the time. Really? So um, I can't remember if it was Randy's family or Glenn's family, but one of them said that. Because at the time of this particular quote in the article, it was still up in the air. Like, they thought that it was suicide, but they hadn't definitively determined that yet. Okay. One of the family members said if she killed herself, all she's doing is telling us she's guilty. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So. Oh, well, good riddance, Lynn. Yeah, uh, that's actually one of the families said something very similar to that, too. They said, you know, I'm so glad this is over because I never have to see her face in court again. Yeah. Because they were going through these appeals. Everybody had to come and testify during these. And they were just they did not feel anything about the fact that she was not on this earth anymore. Yeah. I mean, what are you going to do? She was a horrible person. No one's going to miss that. No, not at all. Oh, man. 
So yeah, that is um that's the story of Lynn Turner. I think I know we've been kind of on like a a theme lately cuz I did the Stacy Peterson with the killing multiple wives and this is almost like a copy pa- I think Stacy Caster just tried to be Lynn but better. Oh, 100%. And she went as far as to bury the husbands right next to each other. <laughs> that's yeah. how that's so, how ballsy she was. So you know, she uh, Stacy Castor totally did a yes and to exactly. Lynn, <laughs> Lynn's so method. True. That is so so true. Yeah. So we'll we'll get away from the theme uh, for the next few weeks. We won't yeah. do any more of these for a little bit. Well, that was. Yeah, I just I stumbled across this, I think, because, um, you know, that like Google tracks your searches and stuff. Yeah, I think I was searching for photos or something of Stacey Castor. And this as I was trying to find a topic, this showed up in the margins. And I was like, oh, it's a woman. Let's click on that. And I was like, oh, this is a nice little like connection. Let's let's do that. A little palate cleanser, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm going to, my, my story next week is, um, how should I say (laughs) I, I'm, it might cross a line, but you know what? I'm going to do it. (laughs) Okay. So just to get you ready. You know, I expect no less. Oh yeah. (laughs) Me and the listeners will tune in, uh, popcorn and horror next week i I wouldn't recommend the popcorn there's definitely a uh gross factor in the next one so okay so we're not eating next wednesday okay yeah (laughs) all right well all right we will see you all next week goodbye goodbye Kat and I are so grateful for all of our listeners, and we love hearing from you guys. Connect with us on Instagram and Facebook at Alternative Interest Podcast, and let us know your thoughts on this week's case. We want to cover the things that you guys want to hear, so please email us your case suggestions at alternativeinterestpodcast at gmail.com. As always, thank you so much for listening and sharing us with your friends. Be good to each other, and we'll see you next week.